Hi friends, welcome to the Mother with a Loud Mind podcast. If this is your first time joining, thank you so much for being here. I highly encourage you to go back to episode zero, I almost didn't do this, where you can get a little insight into what future episodes will be about and get to know me a little better. If you are a returning listener, you are seriously the coolest and I appreciate you endlessly. Please feel free to give this podcast a review and rating at the end of the episode. It really helps us grow and reach a larger audience. I'm your host, Morgan Klontz. Let's get into today's episode. All right. So I actually had a completely different plan for this week's episode. I had already recorded something on Tuesday that was completely different. And for some reason, the topic of imposter syndrome just would not leave my mind. Like it has been at the front of my brain all week. And I fullheartedly believe that everything happens for a reason. And I know that this has been laid on my heart and on my mind for a reason. So I took that as a sign that someone needed to hear this sooner rather than later. Maybe you're starting a new business venture or you're contemplating the next step in your life and you're saying to yourself, I'm not good enough. There's no way I'm qualified. There are so many people better than me. There are so many people that are already ahead of me. And whatever the lies are that you're telling yourself. And I want to talk to you today about how I have found myself in the same position recently and battling those same thoughts and how I've turned those thoughts into something positive. So let's start by talking about what exactly imposter syndrome is. And this is kind of going to piggyback off of last week's episode on people pleasing as well as episode one on anxiety. Um, I think imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, and anxiety all kind of go hand-in-hand. So, super quick history lesson. The term imposter syndrome was coined in 1978 by a group of psychologists that were doing this study that was basically trying to determine why high-achieving women gave the credit of their success to nothing more than sheer luck, and not because they were, in fact, self-made successful women that had done the work to get them to this point in their life. And I think it's something we hear often, no matter what the circumstance, you ask someone how they became successful, and they say, well, I I just got lucky. And these days with social media, it's common to hear, I just kind of blew up. And that does happen. Yes, it can be sporadic that one blows up or goes viral on social media, but you can't completely discount all the work that person has done prior to getting there. Someone didn't land this wonderful job based on being in the right place at the right time without having the resume to back them up, right? And it's the same people that think that they don't deserve their success that feel like at any point they're going to be exposed as a fraud and the world is going to realize that they aren't good enough or that they don't meet the requirements and they don't have the qualifications. And that's precisely what imposter syndrome is. It's the anxiety that surrounds every new opportunity we're met with and we're feeling undeserving. It's questioning our line of work. It's feeling like we don't know 
what we're doing or why we're doing it or how we even got here. And it's this phenomenon in which we doubt ourselves despite factual, real hard evidence that we are capable and we have the necessary skills. And it's, it's like we're pretending to embody our capability and just waiting to be found out. Like doom is lurking around the corner and we're waiting for it all to come crashing down and to be exposed as a fraud. And I don't think there's really a single cause of this, but it's most likely a result of things like childhood experiences, anxiety, and self-criticism. Maybe you had parents that had really high expectations of you as a child, and now you feel like you just don't measure up in any area of your life. And um, entering a new role or unfamiliar stage of life can also be a trigger of imposter syndrome. So now that we know what it is, and I'm sure some of you are like, wow, yep, that, that sounds like me. Let's talk about it and talk through things we can do uh, to work through it and manage it. So first of all, let me introduce you to the Dunning-Kruger effect. And this basically says that people who think they know a lot actually don't know much of anything, and people who think they know very little actually know a lot. And I think of imposter syndrome like anxiety. It's not something that can be cured, so it's something we don't have to be in a rush to get rid of. We know it will likely stick with us for the long run, so instead we can work on managing it. So a good place to start is figuring out what type of imposter syndrome you're dealing with. And there are five. You have the perfectionist. You all, your work always has to be top of the line 100% of the time. And then you have the expert who generally says things like, well, if I was really smart enough, if I was really qualified, I would already know how to do everything. And I would know all the answers and I would never have questions or uncertainty. And then you have the soloist. You cannot claim anything as an accomplishment unless you do it 100% on your own. Then you have the great mind. You judge yourself on speed and how quickly you can become successful and climb the ladder. And you say, if I were really competent, I would already be at the top. I would already be the best. And then you have the superwoman, the superman, which I think most of us moms can probably relate to the most. And your way of thinking is, if this is really what I was good at, I'd be able to do it all by myself and do it with ease. So think of a stay-at-home mom like myself, right? You're put in this position to be a stay-at-home mom. You have all of these responsibilities. And I know for me personally, when I first started staying at home, um, especially since having a second child, it's become, well, if I can't take care of all of the household needs, all of my kids' needs, have dinner on the table by the time Taylor gets home, have a clean house 24-7, then I must really not be good enough to be a stay-at-home mom. I must not be a good enough mom at all. And it's being able to recognize these thoughts, this self-doubt for what it is, that's the big turning point. Because you're having the thought, you're becoming self-aware and saying, okay, I had this thought, I know it's not factual, I know it's my anxiety, I know my mind is fabricating these things. Then you're able to take that thought and turn it around, turn it into something completely different. 
And once you open your mind to this concept, you can begin to train your brain to quickly pick up on those negative thoughts and immediately turn them into something positive. It's the same technique I use a lot of times when I'm anxious. You have the negative thought, you recognize it, and you find the positive. For example, if you think to yourself, I'm not qualified, I don't know what I'm talking about, Use that as motivation to continue learning. I've been struggling with this so much since I started this podcast. I've had this fear like lingering on, over my shoulder that people would figure out that I'm not an expert, that I'm not the first person to talk about the things I talk about. And I finally had the realization just in the last few days that people already know that. It's okay that I wasn't the first and I'm not the best and that there's 100 other podcasts that talk about the same things I do. There's always going to be someone smarter than you, more successful than you, and someone that did it first. So instead of looking at them as competition, look at them as a mentor. And I don't think being the smartest person in the room is ever really the best thing. Because if that's the case, you have nothing left to learn. You have nothing else to gain. And I personally enjoy learning, being able to grow as a person, as a woman, as a mom. So not knowing something or not knowing everything doesn't make you a fraud. It makes you a student. So anyway, when I was thinking about the podcast and what I wanted to talk about and feeling like I wasn't qualified to talk about those things, I realized I don't have to be an expert and no one is expecting me to be. The people listening to me are expecting me to just show up, be myself, tell my story, share my experiences, share what I've learned and talk about what I'm doing. And believe me, I know it can be very difficult to find confidence in your own ability, especially as a mom. And because of that, it's important that when you feel that doubt creeping in, you know how to manage it. You know how to recognize it. And so what we can do, we just talked about turning negative thoughts into positive ones. So what does that look like? Instead of saying, I don't know how to do this, turn it into, I can learn how to do this. And sometimes you have no choice but to learn. For example, taking care of a baby. If you're a first-time mom, you have never been in charge of a baby 24-7, complete caretaker for them. And it's something you don't know how to do, but you have to learn. And in order to learn, you just have to do it, right? And, okay, another example. Instead of thinking, I don't deserve a promotion, say, I can prove I deserve a promotion. Just keep working. Just keep doing what you're doing, and it will come, Right? So instead of comparing yourself to someone else in your field or in your niche, say, no one else can do it the way I do it. It's just like with your kids. No one else can parent your kids like you do, and there's no better mom for your kids than you are. And I don't mean to go all motivational speaker on you, but this is what works. This is why positive affirmations are so important. Because when you say something to yourself enough, you begin to believe it. So when you turn these negative thoughts into positive ones, over and over again, the more it will become like muscle memory and your brain will just automatically begin to do it without even thinking twice about it. And as someone that lives with anxiety and depression, I know that that is so much easier said than done. It's kind of like telling someone with depression not to be sad, right? It's, it's like super unhelpful, okay? And the thing about it is depression and anxiety are mental illnesses. And 
in my opinion, imposter syndrome is a brain issue, right? It's, it's your mind playing tricks on you. That's, that's really how I see imposter syndrome. And I hope that's not coming off as tone deaf, but I just want you to encourage, I just want to encourage you to test this out, test out turning your, your, your negative thoughts into positive ones and seeing the positive in every situation. So what are some other things you can do? Make a folder, a list you can look back on of if you have a business, good reviews, encouraging words, positive things people have said to you and about you that you can look back on. This is super, super helpful, especially when you have those days where you just cannot help but feel like a failure. You feel like you're doing everything wrong. You got a bad review. Someone said something critical of you. Look back on all of your accomplishments. As a mom, some days you feel like a really crappy mom. It's normal. And I guarantee if you look back on the good days you've had as a mom, the good that you've done as a mom, the things you've taught your kids, the love you provided them with, it will quickly help you remember that you are a wonderful mom and that there is no better mother for your kids than you. For someone like me, all it takes is for someone to say something slightly negative about me or my parenting style. They might not even mean it in a negative way, but if I perceive it as negative, I I shut down and I think I'm the worst mother in the world. And I really love this quote from Brene Brown's book, Dare to Love. It says, if you're not getting your ass kicked on occasion, I'm not interested in or open to your feedback. There are a million cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never be brave with their own lives, but will spend every ounce of energy they have hurling advice and judgment at those of us trying to dare greatly. Their only contributions are criticism, cynicism, and fear-mongering. If you're criticizing from a place where you're not also putting yourself on the line, I'm not interested in your feedback. That's powerful. And we are in a place in society today where we mom shame everyone for everything. And I could go off on a whole tangent about this, but I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll have a whole episode on mom shaming. Um, I've been working on it. It's something I feel very strongly about. So anyway, you have to stop this game of comparison. Unfollow people on social media that make you feel less than. Stop associating yourself with people that make you feel self-conscious and make you feel like you aren't doing enough or you're not doing it right. Refocus on what you are doing. Put your blinders on and don't get caught up in what others are doing. Lisa down the street is taking her kids to Disney this summer and you aren't. So what? Does that make Lisa a better or more qualified mom than you? Absolutely not. And Lisa is probably in a completely different stage of life than you, and you have no idea. She may have been saving for that trip for five years, and you may have started yesterday. So don't compare your life to that of someone else. It is dangerous. And remind yourself that these opportunities you're being presented with wouldn't have shown up unless you deserved it. You know that saying, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called? It's true. Tell yourself, this vision wouldn't have been given to me unless I was capable. It's not a coincidence. It's for a reason. So let's recap. Accept that you don't know everything 
and you can't know everything. It's not your job. Take a realistic look at your role. Understand what you need to know and continue to learn. And become comfortable with knowing that the world is full of uncertainty and certain things, a lot of things, are beyond your control. Just like we talked about last week. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And lastly, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can find rest in knowing that God invites you to see yourself the way he sees you. Ephesians 1 verse 4 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. I hope this provided you with some encouragement today. As always, my DMs are always open. If you'd like to talk more about this or you just need someone to talk to in general, stick around for a few more minutes for some affirmations I'd love to share with you. And we'll chat soon, friends. Have a great week. We have officially made it to the end. (laughs) Thank you so much for making it this far. If you stick around for just another second, I'd love to share some affirmations with you today. I am a good mom. I am exactly who my kids need. I am grateful for the time I get to spend with my kids. My kids do not need a perfect mom. I will stay calm, even in the midst of chaos. I am worthy of love and affection. God wants what's best for my life, so I will relinquish all my fears onto Him as they are not my burden to bear. I will live in the moment today and not stress about my past or worry about the future. My past mistakes do not define who I am now. I am a strong and confident woman. I am an intelligent individual. God has called me to motherhood and through him I can do all things. I love my body and am comfortable in my own skin. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. I am a kind human being. I am not just a mom.